following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha This is how it feels to fuck on cocaine. That's the most alive I've heard you in like the last hour. Have no fear. The sports entertainers are here. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain stays chilling, the anti hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L. Oh, see, he's the man to put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. What's going on, fellas? I'm vibing. <laughs> I'm vibing right now. There you go. There you go, Ryan. What's up, bro? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, it's midday on a Sunday, a little later than usual. So yeah. I already had my coffee. I'm a little jazzed up. And uh, Oh, you're jazzed up? Awake. Jazzed a little bit, up? A little bit. You know, when I was doing your introduction, I wanted to say smoky Long Island, but I felt like maybe that's too soon. No, no, no. Yeah. Put it out. Well, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's smoky New York in general. So, yeah. Yeah, if you live in the tri-state area, well, first of all, if you're from Canada, you know, well wishes <laughs> to all the Canadians out there. Cause Thank it's you, a- Canada. You messed with our air pollution. But for people that live in our area, tri-state, specifically New York, parts of New Jersey, we got hit with one of these this week. Leo, put my bounds up. Congratulations, you played yourself. That air quality was no fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I was dealing with it directly being in New York City all week for work. And yeah, it's crazy, man. What a crazy world we live in, you know? Uh, we were just talking off air, though, a lot, you know, the air quality and how bad it was. But, uh, you know, it's no different from some people who rip cigarettes and uh you know those vapes you know the, well, the, day, the so. vapes the hookah you know yeah our air is shit to begin with so it's <laughs> right right it's just different especially like there's you know us in the states out here not saying all parts of the states but just in general like there's mad pollution here you know yeah yeah i know uh what was i gonna say to you oh i was also telling you off the air how like people are already making jokes like oh there goes all the toilet paper in the stores yeah. Yep. Time to shut down the world. We've got to slow the smoke. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. But Ryan, what else is going on with you? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we were talking before, you know, slow weekend, not much going on. Um, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chill day today, chill Sunday. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm here. I'm ready to go. How about you? I'm good. As you could hear, Leo's dogs are barking, you know. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah. Can you hear so him? you are at Leo's. All right. Hold on. Let me That's see what if gives I can it away. Hold on. Uh-oh. Time to let the dogs out. There you go. All right, I'm back, guys. I'm back. Okay. Uh, so for me, besides my usual 
Monday through Friday work week. It's been a quiet week as well. We were also saying off air how, you know, this is just how life is. Unless you're like fucking a wealthy individual that you have people doing shit for you, right? We work yeah. Monday through Friday. If we're fortunate to just work Monday through Friday, right? Because there's obviously some people that work weekends. And then on weekends, we got to do our adult thing. Meaning we got to do our shit that we can't do during the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, weird, you know, uh, way the world works. You know, like I said, working all those, all those days during the week. And then, yeah, again, you're trying to enjoy your weekend. You're trying to take some time for yourself to relax. But it's when you got to catch up on all this shit and, like you said, do adult stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 weird. And then all of a sudden, before you can blink, it's Monday again. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not fun sometimes. But, I mean, that's that's what it is getting older, you know. Now I know why people told me when I'm young, don't get old. Uh, I know what they're talking about now. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just something we got to deal with. But, like you said, fortunate to work during the week and have jobs. So, uh, you know, I guess we are in no position to complain, you know. I don't know, right? As long as we have our health, as long as we have a good job that allows us to take kind of little breaks from reality. But then you yep. have people, even people that are around your age and my age, that they just don't give a fuck, man. They don't care about what's going on with, with job and shit. They still are out there doing whatever it is that they want to do. And it's like, do you, do you think about your future? Do you think about like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should handle shit that actually matters. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I think about that all the time, especially now getting older. You know, I just turned 28 recently. Like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking about my future every freaking day, you know, overthinking that shit. And it's like, yeah, I look at other people who are just seem to be floating by, just you know. Breezing just breezing in life. Just breezing yeah, away. Right. Just, you know, going through the motions of each day. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, you ever think, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Like, five years from now, you're going to be doing the same thing you're doing now? So, yeah, I know. It's it's weird. But, hey, none of my business. You got to just worry about yourself right. uh, in this 1,000%. world. 1,000%. All right, dude. Before we get started, it's hashtag Rebel time. That tasted great. All right, dude. So, we are going to talk about a couple of things, but... Overall, I feel like it's been kind of a slow week. Nothing too crazy has happened this week. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Mm -hmm. I want to start off with some positive stuff. All right, and let's talk about Seth, let's talk about Seth Rollins for for a quick second. All right, you know, I was watching Monday Night Raw. I wasn't watching it live. I, I was watching it on you know on demand. Right, I was watching Monday Night Raw, and I see him coming out right with that new big gold title. Right, the new big gold. Right, and I'm just mm -hmm. watching him and. Just, you know, him, you know, interacting with the fans and that big gold bell around his waist. And just seeing that visual just makes me happy, man. Like, there's no yeah. other way of putting it. Like, just seeing that version of the big gold title. Yes, it's a remix version of the title. But just seeing him have that title and, you know, just having bangers on Monday Night Raw as a world champion. I don't know, man. That just makes me happy. You know, it's a, it's a positive start to the show. Okay. But that yeah. visual of Seth Rollins being world champ makes me fucking happy. It's the little things, man. It's it's definitely the little things. Um, no, I agree. It's uh, it's refreshing. It's nice to finally have a, another world champion, you know, uh, to to get invested in. And of course, Seth Rollins is you know absolutely deserving of holding the belt, and the belt looks beautiful. It's it's become one of the best looking belts in professional wrestling in 1, my opinion. And I'm sure you can agree. A lot of people could probably agree on that because it's just uh man, it's it's gorgeous. And 
you know, I know we haven't seen Roman Reigns, you know, since uh, they, you know, unveiled the new championship belt. And at first look, I wasn't really a fan of the belt. And I know it's got like mixed reviews and stuff like that. But I keep looking at pictures of like him holding it and, you know, like, uh, like his I think it looks nice. I website. think it looks nice. Na- yeah, it's growing on me for sure. But with that being said, the World Heavyweight Championship right. is still the best looking belt, I think, in the whole company, to be honest. Um, you know. I can't really think of any other, but I mean, the Intercontinental belt is really nice looking as well, but I mean, the World Heavyweight title, man, that's just, uh, it's a gorgeous belt, and and yeah, man, Rollins defending it on Raw and against a guy like Damian Priest, I mean, it was a great match. Amazing uh, match. Yeah, refreshing. It really is refreshing to see, so yeah, for sure, it's it's definitely a, a huge positive. Listen, you're, you're getting no arguments from me. I, I do think it's become my favorite belt current, like, title in WWE, not taken yeah. away from the new Undisputed Universal title. I I was talking about it last week, you know, which is getting rave reviews, okay? Our episodes with the new and improved sound quality, let me tell you, the reviews are out here, out of this world. But I will say that that title design, I've never had an issue with that title design. I actually like it. And this version of, you know, with the gold in the background, whatever, it looks like a world title, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I never have, you know, I know people are, they have been calling for a while for new designs, right? And we've talked about this at nauseum already, I feel like, about, you know, they're not going to change the belt. This is why it is the way it is, having the big WWE logo on the front for a reason, for marketing purposes and publicity and things like that. Um, I just wasn't a fan of the gold color at first. I, I, I mentioned it last week. It looked like yellow mustard uh, color instead of gold. But the more you look at it, and again, that's with a lot of belts, man. Like over time, you know, first glance, you can like judge something, right? Like whether you like it, you know, it's like love at first sight or, or not. Uh, but then after a while, you know, you see it more and more and more and more and more. Uh, you kind of, you know, get used to it. And that's exactly I what I feel like is happening already, in my opinion, with this new undisputed championship that Roman Reigns has. Um, But yeah, man, it looks like, you know, and I'm sure, you know, we'll get into more of, uh, you know, obviously talking about the women's division. Oh yeah. It just seems like it's just so nice to just have like all these new titles, all these different names of championships and things like that. It's definitely refreshing. Get rid of the, you know, brand exclusive thing. And uh, you know, it's, it's long overdue for a new title design all across the board. Tag team, women's, in my opinion, it's just, it's been much needed for a long time. All right, hold off on the women's stuff and we'll talk about that next. But I do want to finish up on the Breast, Seth Rollins, now Finn Balor picture, okay? It was interesting how, you know, that promo that we got on Monday Night Raw before we got to the main event, which Priest and Rollins was a fantastic match. There's already like a shit ton of videos online after the the show and after they went off the air. Damian Priest actually goes back into the ring and shakes Seth Rollins' um, hand. What I didn't notice is they're putting out little little teases out there that there could be some tension between Balor and Priest, mostly on Balor's side, especially the way he looks at Priest and just. You know, Priest's like, no, I got this. You don't need to come out. And then Priest questioning him, like, what are you doing here during the main event? So I don't necessarily want to see Priest leave Judgment Day yet. But I did find that interesting how they're putting little teasers out there. Maybe somewhere down the line, months from now, it could be a good callback. Like, hey, this has been something that's been in the motion for months now. Um, There has been reports ever since the Bad Bunny match that Priest had that WWE's very high on Priest. Rightfully so, because the guy... You could give him the ball and he'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's proven time and time again, especially as of late, that he could be the guy, man. He could be a future world heavyweight champion. I truly believe that, man. He's got the look. He's got 
the in-ring ability, and he's he's pretty good on the mic. So, yeah, I think they definitely have something in this guy. Um, and, yeah, you know, the, the teases of Judgment Day maybe splitting or, you know, at least, you know, Damian Priest leaving the group. Um, yeah, it's definitely telling. Um, obviously, you know, they're not going to be together forever. Right. But I do always just – I wish that, like – Something like this, right? Something like the Judgment Day where it started off a little shaky and now it's become one of the best things going in WWE. I mean, they really have just become so over, like all everybody in the group. Um, I just wish that, you know, they could do kind of like what the New Day did, right? Where each guy has gone his own separate way right. without you know, turning on, you know, the group or somebody else. And, you know, they're just always, you know, a team, but they're just always, they're going on and doing their own thing. I just, I wish you didn't always have to break up groups, you know, um, because then again, you know, yeah, you can always revisit it, right? I mean, how many times did they go back to the Shield, right? Like so many different reunions. Oh, yeah. Hire <laughs> some after a while, you know, when somebody turns and all of a sudden here's a reunion, like why don't we just have the guy never leave the group? And if he does leave the group, don't have him turn, just, have them like say to the other members, like, listen, I got to go out and do something for me. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's pro wrestling. They could do whatever the hell they want, man. They could, they could figure out a way to, to get it done. But I just don't think you need to turn, uh, you know, the group upside down every single time, you know, 1000%. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the women's championship, uh, situation, right? So for, since the brand split happened, okay. We wanted answers. We wanted things to make sense. Why do we have a blue title on the Monday Night Raw show? Why do we have a red title on SmackDown? What's going on here, right? Finally, it took them like what? Like two months? Month and a half? I don't know. I forget. But, Hallelujah. But my theory is coming to light, okay? We we're going to get a WWE Women's Champion, and we're going to get a World Women's Champion, right? This past Friday night on SmackDown, Asuka got awarded her new championship which is now the WWE Women's Championship. That's the title. <clears throat> but what's interesting about this title is, besides the fact that it has a white strap and it has the gold background, which I don't mind. There's some people that don't like it. I personally don't mind it. But the word undisputed is on there too. Okay? I think this is just WWE's new thing. Like, hey, we're not using the undisputed era thing anymore, right? Why don't we make every undisputed title gold? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do they not know the definition of the word? Like, I, I mean, yeah, I don't really understand it. Um, you know, I guess it makes sense for Roman Reigns, in you know, in terms of his title being undisputed, right? right. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why <laughs> they throw an undisputed on this belt too. I really don't get it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an exact carbon copy of Roman Reigns' belt, except it has it's a, white, got a strap. white strap, and it has so, women's I mean, on it, and the women's. Yeah, so I mean, listen, you can call it lazy. But I don't even give a shit, dude. I don't, as I don't long hate as it. the Raw and the SmackDown titles are gone, I'm just, I'm happy with it. I think it's just the brand exclusive champions. I mean, that shit should have ended a long time ago. Um, and then, you know, again, like you said, it took them, what, six weeks, two months, whatever it was, um, for, for this to finally go into effect. I mean, it's ridiculous, but... We'll see now what Rhea Ripley's belt looks like. I guess it's going to be reminiscent of Seth Rollins. Yeah, with the white strap. World yeah, championship. With the white, with the white strap. Um, you know, again, it's fine. Um, but I'm just happy that it's finally going to be just called, you know, women's championship. It's, they, the titles look better. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it, like, it's, like <clears> I said before, everything is just so refreshing to me. You get these new designs, get these new belts, and, uh, you know, it's starting to slowly 
feel like a new era, you know, finally under Triple H, under the Triple H regime. So uh, finally undoing all the mess that Vince, you know, uh, made. So well, well, they kind of, and this is going back to what 2016, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by branding it Raw Women's Champion and SmackDown Women's Champion. Why would you even do that to begin with? Yeah, I know. It's and they felt like they needed a champion on, e- on each brand, um, and I guess well, that's <laughs> fine. Think- well, that, you know, having a champion on each brand that's clean. But the fact that you branded Raw Women's, SmackDown Women's, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no, I know. Yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't think of the WWE Women's and the WWE World Women's sooner. But uh, you know, who knows? Uh, but finally, we've got it here, so that's that's nice to see. Yeah, that it really is. Uh, let's see. What else? Where should we go from here? All right. You know what? So we're on the topic of championships. So I guess this will be an easy transition. How do you feel about Money in the Bank this year, right? Who's, um, because I feel like while we're getting these qualifying matches, I feel like nobody's really talking about the actual Money in the Bank ladder match. Like, is it just me? Am I on an island by, no. by myself here? Does it feel like it's not as important? Don't get me wrong. I do feel like the Money in the Bank show is going to be dope. But I feel like the key here is the ladder matches. And I feel like there really isn't much conversation about it. We're just talking about, hey, Seth is the world champion. We're, you know, Rome is getting a new universal title. We're giving Asuka, you know, this new women's champion. Then we got Charlotte returning now. And Bianca's now in the shadows. Like, the conversation is more about those things that's happening, which I guess credit to WWE that those stories are more intriguing than the actual key reason why this pay-per-view is even happening. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Every Everything seems to be overshadowing the actual event as a whole, not even just the Money in the Bank matches, but the whole entire show. Um, and like you said, not that it's not going to be good. I'm sure it will. And um, it's going to be in London, so, you know, the crowd's going to be awesome. And I'm surprised it hasn't been as a little bit more hyped up as it has been. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, the Money in the Bank qualifying matches just seem like they are just there, you know, on, on a regular episode of Raw. But it's not like they don't really feel important compared to, like, you know, Seth defending the world title against Damian Priest, you know, or Roman's returning next week. And we got this Bloodline storyline still going on, which just keeps getting better and better. And, you know, now the women's division and, you know, Charlotte's back and all these things. Like, it just seems like, yeah, less and less and less uh, in emphasis is put on the Money in the Bank, which is, uh, you know, should be one of the most exciting times of the year. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, You know, I don't – yeah, I have to look at the lineup again. Offhand, I can't really – I don't know the entire field so far for the women's match and the men's. I'll pull this up right now, the Money um, in the Bank ladder match. Somebody did point out, though, on Twitter that I did see that uh, the men's match apparently has everybody in the match. uh, Nobody is a a former world champion. So, like, as of now, it's like whoever wins the Money in the Bank, you know, if it stays that way, you know, no former world champions is like – we could possibly get somebody who is a first time ever world champion, which I think is cool because that's kind of what the money in the bank should be, right? A young up and coming guy who's got a bright future winning the briefcase and who ultimately, you know, the company can see becoming world champ. So, um, this, yeah. is, this is my only issue and not about the matches It's just the, how they're, they, you know, the last year or so, right. They've kind of, and I feel like they could have just easily went back to like the original, like, hey, you win in the Money in the Bank, you could challenge for any world championship at any time. Yeah. But even this week on SmackDown, commentary says like, you, could, you could challenge for any title. I hate that. Like, 
the fact that Austin Theory cashed in on the United States Championship, to me, it makes me want to vomit. It pisses yeah. me off so much that they did that, okay? Like, this week, I forget, I think it was Baron Corbin and Pete Dunne, okay? They had a qualifying match, and you had uh, Carmelo Hayes in the audience, okay? And they were emphasizing commentary, like, hey, you know, the Money in the Bank winner could also challenge for the NXT title, which... I mean, it's here or there, right? You know, so they, they try whenever it's beneficial for WWE to try to act like the NXT title is a world title, whatever, right? But like to me, it's like there's only two titles you could challenge for the world or universal, right? Same thing for the women. It's only two titles there. I hate the United States idea and the 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 the, 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 the intercontinental, like stop stop doing that. Like whatever. The the Austin Theory thing was lazy booking last year. You did that. You shot yourself in the foot with that shit. I think I still think it was a god awful booking idea. Okay, and guess what? Austin Theory still ain't over. All right, <laughs> he he has a title right now, and the man still ain't over. Nobody cares about Austin Theory. So it's like, I just I don't know, man. I just don't like the idea of them saying like, oh, you could challenge for any title. No, you could challenge for the world title. Why, if I could get a guaranteed title shot? Why would I challenge for a mid-card title? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, I mean, until Austin Theory did it, nobody, I mean, they, they've said this for years, but nobody ever believed that it could be, you know, cashed in on any other belt besides the world championships, right? But now Austin Theory did it, so now I guess, you know, it's got people thinking, oh, geez, like, whoever wins this year could possibly cash, cash in on Gunther's Intercontinental belt, you know, or the NXT title, you know? It was always just assumed that it was the world championship, so now Austin Theory started this, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that's ever going to happen again, to be honest, man. I hope not. Um, I think that was just Triple H's way of getting a freaking briefcase off this guy. Um, instead of, you know, obviously challenging Roman, that was never going to happen. Um, you know, I don't, I think whoever wins the briefcase this year, it's going to be, have to be cashed in on a world title, whether that guy wins it or not. I'm pretty sure, you know, especially now with the world's heavyweight, you know, uh, they don't got to worry about the guy challenging Roman. He could always go for Seth or something like that. So, um, and I also hope that, you know, whoever wins the money in the bank, I don't care if you're from Raw. I don't care if you're from SmackDown. And I understand people are going to complain, oh, man, that's what the draft is for, this and that. If a SmackDown guy wins money in the bank, why can't he cash in on the world champion on Raw? And if he wins, he just goes to Raw. I don't think that's a big deal. No, that's not know? a big deal. It's so, like the Royal Rumble winner. You know, when, right, the, when, right. when someone wins the yes. Royal Rumble, you could challenge for any world title. Exactly. So I hope that's the case. I hope they don't just keep it to, you know, oh, if a SmackDown guy wins, he only has to catch in on the belt that's on SmackDown because that's freaking ridiculous, too. Again, enough with the brand exclusive shit. You know, the guy should be able to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm tired of this shit. So I don't know. But um, the, the field right now, you know, does look pretty good. And, uh, you know, I don't. I, I know there's probably going to be one or two more guys added to this, maybe three. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many they put in the so money. On the, so on the men's side, you got Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, L.A. Knight, Santos Escobar, Pete Dunne, and one to be determined. And on the women's side, you got Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Starks, Bailey, Eel Sky, and then we got another one to be determined. Um, so just based on what we got now, okay, on the men's side – I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be Ricochet. <laughs> Get him out of here. No. He ain't going to be it. Yeah. No. Um, you know, as a fan, okay, as a fan, I feel like you could probably make an argument for every other guy besides Ricochet. Yeah, no, I mean, it's true. Yeah, you could. <laughs> you definitely can. On, on, uh, on the women's side of things, I just don't see it's going to – I don't think it's going to be either Becky or Bailey. I feel like 
Zoe Starks and maybe Eel Sky got a good chance of winning it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I if I just pick offhand, I think the two people that are the front runners right now, uh, with the field being the way it is, I would say Eo Sky for the women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you yep. know, uh, she was so o- over in, in Puerto Rico. I feel like yep. you know, and ever since uh, they've been teasing her breaking away from Bailey, and you know, it's time. Um, and and she's becoming more and more over as the weeks go on. So I feel like she should be the front runner there. And as far as the men's man, whether you like him or not, I don't. Not really a huge fan myself. Um, I don't really see the hype. I don't hate the guy, but I don't love the guy either. Uh, but LA Knight, I feel like it's got to be the favorite, right? I mean, yeah. you know, he's over. Yeah. And yeah. I just, you know, I guess the guy carries himself as a world champ. You look at him, he's huge. He's jacked. He's got the look. He can talk on the mic. Um, you know, I don't think he's all that special in ring. Um, he's, but- a, you know, he's, he's very, I don't want to say the word generic, but he's just average. Yeah. He's like, he's more, yeah. he, the thing with LA Knight is it's everything else. The way he carries himself, the way he talks. Yeah. Like you see him, he looks like a champion, bro. Like he he looks right. great. Now, what he does in the ring, it's not that he's a terrible wrestler, but he doesn't he doesn't wow me. You know what I'm saying? Right. He doesn't do anything right. crazy. You have the the same comparison to the Miz. He wrestles that easy, safe style, not terrible in the ring. Right. And when they need to go, they'll go. But when it's just a regular match on a SmackDown Raw, they're just gonna you know do what they got to do, and that's it. Yeah, and hey, respect to them, you know. I mean, if they take care of their bodies and they stay healthy that way, that's fine. Um, and like I said, you know, if he ends up winning the belt, I mean, the winning the bank, I mean, and ultimately winning the belt, it is what it is. You know, I'm not a hater by any means, but yeah, like you said, he's just not a guy that wows me. And hey, who knows? Maybe he could change my opinion on that. Um, but as of right now, man, I don't really get the hype. But he's over for a reason, clearly. And out of everybody in this match so far, I mean, I gotta think he's the front runner, but like you said, you can really make a case for any of these guys. I just feel like um, it would feel very random if a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura just out of the woodworks just wins money in the bank. You know, like they gave they put no effort into the guy, um, and God knows how long he hasn't done anything of relevance, and God knows how long. So to just randomly throw a briefcase on him and, and say, "Oh, he's got a future shot at the world title," would seem kind of silly to me. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, man, it's it's good to see so much young talent like this mm-hmm. um, who has never been world champ, like I said before, in the match. It, it makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, they should be great matches regardless. You know what I would love to see? And you know what? You could even do this on the women's side too. I would love to see like whoever wins Money in the Bank, right? They should have a run with the briefcase, right? Like how you used to be. Where they yep. didn't just cash it in a month or like the same night or like the next day or like a week from now. No, have a run with the money in the bank and like defend that shit like it's a championship, right? Yeah, like how it used yeah. to be. And also, I would love to see, and I think this would only work with like a character that's like heel or like maybe like a tweener, right? I would love to see like where you could tell, like, even though they're money in the bank, right? They're Mr. or Mrs. Money in the Bank, that the system, right? is against them. So they keep on putting like these roadblocks in front of them where then the character has to go rogue and talk about like, you know, I got this briefcase, you know, to cash in for any world title, but you know what? I'm getting tired of the system here because I'm not the hand-picked individual. Maybe I'll go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and challenge for the I like I would love to see someone do that. Or he's like, or maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe I will go across the street and go become all elite like play with like that shit like blur the lines of truth and reality like i would love to see like and you could do this on the women's side too it works either way with the men or women's where the system is against them and maybe they're over with the crowd right but you could tell like the system keeps putting these roadblocks 
But while they're still like Mr. or Miss Money in the Bank, and they just cut a promo like that, I think it would just make for great TV. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, what, what, the blurring the lines thing would probably never happen, you know, where they, they take a shot at another company or something like that, because we know WWE doesn't really mention other companies. But I totally agree. I would love to see more storylines built into the Money in the Bank yep. briefcase, you know, even way after the event. I'm talking like even six months down the line, right? Yeah. If, a, if the guy or, or the girl is still holding the, be- the briefcase, which they probably should uh, hold it for a while, at least, some, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I would love to see more more stories being built up around that instead of the guy or, or the girl just walking out every single week with the briefcase and like he's doing nothing of relevance with right. it. You know, Austin Theory was carrying around this shit and it's just like and did you know, nothing, okay. nothing. You, you kind of get the image burnt into your brain of him walking out every single week with the briefcase, but you don't ever think he's gonna cash in. You don't ever think he's gonna lose this briefcase. Like, <laughs> nobody, no nobody even cared when he won it anyway. Nobody even right, cared. Right, right, and listen. I don't think the woman, the women. I mean, quote me on this uh, if I'm wrong, but I don't think any women's money in the bank briefcase winner has held it past like, like that night, or or maybe even like you know they held it the, for a week or two. The weeks only or two like that. people that I could think of that carried it for like, and when I mean decent, when mm-hmm. I say decent amount of time, it's like maybe a month, maybe even less than that. It's Carmella, and I think yeah. like Nikki Ash held it for like two weeks or three weeks or something like that. That is it. I can't think of anyone past that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't either. I mean, I mean, with the you know, we had Bailey catching on the same night. We had Alexa Bliss did the same thing. You had um, Liv Morgan you know, last, last year. You had Liv Morgan. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think so either. And listen, with all the champions we got right now, we just crowned Oscar. <laughs> Rhea Ripley's not losing this belt anytime soon. So those two champions should be champions for a long time. I don't see why you would need to rush anybody cashing in on those two right off the bat because nobody's going to win, right? Even even with the men's division. Roman Reigns not losing this belt. Seth Rollins not losing this belt. So even the same thing goes for the guys. Nobody's cashing in right away and winning. So why don't you keep the men and the women's briefcase winners, you know, holding out those titles, I mean, those briefcases for, you know, again, the next six months or even almost get almost to that year point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mm-hmm. just, I don't know, things can change, you know? Why don't rush anything right now? Because you have four solid champions that shouldn't be losing their belt anytime soon. So, you know, there's no reason to rush that. So I'd like to see the men and the women's winner hold these things for a long time, like we used to get, um, and create that suspense and build this up and create storylines around it. Like you said before, it, it, it was used just to be like for that. Fun TV. It used to be like that all the time. Look at the Seth Rollins payoff when he cashed in at WrestleMania. Going right. back to the first, the first two years, Edge he carried that briefcase. Rob Van Dam he did the unthinkable. He was like, "I'm challenging John Cena for his world title at ECW One Night Stand." Um, I remember when the guy would hold the briefcase for a long time and defend it like a title. Dolph Ziggler did it for a while too. So like. Go back to your roots because it makes for entertaining television. Yeah, and especially that we haven't seen it in a while. Like, I, I can understand if we get the same thing every single year where the guy is holding the briefcase for a year, right? And they want to do something shocking or surprising and have the guy cash in on the same night or the night after, whatever. I get that if you want to do that here and there. They've done that the past how many years, you know? Like, they've rushed everything. We have not seen somebody hold the, the briefcase for a long time, you know, besides Austin Theory, but... Um, other than that, we have not seen it for a while. So bring that back. I agree 100%. Um, and like I said, I think this is the year to do it with the champions they currently have in place that shouldn't be losing anytime soon. Uh, it just makes the most sense. In another episode, 
of As the Bloodline Turns, okay? <laughs> yeah. Man, this story, bro, it's like, you mentioned it last week. Like, after WrestleMania, you're like, you know, it, it got a little bit, you know, not stale, but a little quiet. A little quiet is the best way to put it. And yeah. now they're they're back at it full force, baby. We get all these twists and turns. We don't know who's going to turn on who. Who's going to side here? Sammy is still trying to, like, get into Jay, Jay Uso's head. Like, listen, bro, I warned you all about this. Dude, I, I'm just loving this story. So this past week, you know, Paul Heyman was trying to get Jay Uso to give him an answer. And he tried to bribe him, saying, like, hey, listen, Roman knows that you're the guy. He's trying to groom you to be the next tribal chief, okay? And we're going to start that tonight because tonight in the main event, main event Jay Uso, he's going to challenge for the United States Championship against Austin Theory, all right? He's bribing Jay. Jay looks happy, but he doesn't give him an answer, okay? Fast forward through the night. Sammy talks to Jay. He even break, he even makes him laugh. He makes Jay Uso laugh again. After they be, were beating the crap out of each other for the last three months, he he makes him laugh. He know like, and I love seeing moments like that. You know why? Because it's like, yeah, you guys beat the shit out of each other for the last three months, but there's still that love there, especially especially more from Sammy to Jay. But Jay also, it's like he doesn't want to act like he doesn't feel a certain type of way for Sammy, but he knows he does. And just by his little facial reactions and just seeing them both on camera, I love shit like that. I really do. And Sammy's trying to talk to Jay, and Jay's just like, you know, he kind of just looks at him, he smirks, and then he just kind of walked away. And you see Paul Heyman again, trying to get into Jay's head. And Jay told him, like, listen, if I'm still going to be in the bloodline, right, and if I win the United States Championship tonight, you ain't going to be in the bloodline no more. And then Paul Heyman looks fucking shocked. Fast forward to the main event. Listen, I was rooting for my boy Jay. And he said, listen, Take that title away from Austin Theory. He, he don't need it. Nobody cares about him. Nobody cares about him at all. Take that title away from him. <laughs> so, really cool match. But there, we got some shenanigans. We got um, Pretty Deadly. They got involved. Jimmy makes the save. And then Solo Sokoa hits Jimmy again. What a piece of shit little brother that fucking guy is. <laughs> all right? Jay gets involved. And Jimmy tried to super kick Solo. And he hits his brother Jay. Damn it, man. Austin Theory steals another win, and then Jimmy's trying to console his brother. So and Paul Heyman are just looking, and then Jay wants nothing to do from Jimmy. He wants nothing to do with him. I'm like, fuck, man. But then he passes by Paul Heyman solo, and he also tells him, like, he kind of just looks at him disgust too. So it looks like he doesn't want to do anything with anyone. But Paul Heyman looks fucking happy with all of this, right? I just love how, like, we're getting all these different layers from the story. Like, you really don't know where the story is going to go and what's the end result here, right? I just love it. I, I love This is perfect storytelling at its finest. Yeah, I mean, that's the part I love about it, you know, uh, overall, is that I have legit zero clue where it's going. I said this last week, and it just uh, week to week. It's like sometimes you could tell, man, like, watching wrestling for as long as we have – like, you could tell where they're going with certain things, right? Like, I mean, sometimes it's obvious. And, you know, that's not always a bad thing, but sometimes it's just very predictable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this is something where it's like, you watch week to week, and, like, even if you think you know where it's going, they'll do, like, a little twist and a turn here and there to make your original theory, like, you know, in doubt, you know? Like, you just, then you have no idea. Like, wait, wow, I thought they were going this route, but now I don't even know with this twist here. Like, this, they could be doing this instead, and it's just like... 
it's great TV. It really is. And uh, yeah, I mean, I legit don't know. I mean, the obvious thing would be like for Jay Uso to, you know, just go back to his brother, right? To be, you know, with Jimmy and, and just be the Usos and whether they eventually make up with Roman, you know, who knows? But I don't know, man. Like they just keep teasing that he could be joining Roman and then, but they also keep teasing that he's not joining Roman and, and where is this going? Right? Like then, then what happens to Jimmy? You know, like what happens at, at the money in the bank and SummerSlam? Like does Roman put these titles or this one title now on the line against both Usos or just Jay or whatever happens this again, time and time again, it's been proven that the whole entire bloodline storyline for the past year and a half that's been going on has revolved around one man. And that is Jay Uso. And it's showing now again, it's always been about Jay Uso out of everybody, you know? I mean, yeah, at one point, Sammy was very, you know, on top, right? You know, he was about him for a little bit. And, you know, obviously Roman is Roman. But overall, man, the entire story has been about one guy. And that's Jay Uso. From the very beginning and, when Roman was fucking gaslighting Jay. From yeah, the very, the feud and from the very beginning. The title. Yeah. During the pandemic era. Yeah, yeah. And now it's all come back to the same guy and Jey Uso. And I think that's nuts. I mean, whether that was done by design or not, I mean, because I highly doubt, you know, you know, back in the pandemic era, what was that, 2021, when they were still doing those shows there? 2020 like, going to 2021. Yep. Yeah. Like, I highly doubt that the plan the entire time was to have Jey Uso just be the main focal point, right? But it's gotten to that point. You know, it's so nuts, too, going back to, like, the early days of, like, the head of the table, tribal chief, uh, Roman story, and then the bloodline stuff. Going back then, I don't even think they had, like, the thought that, listen, Roman's going to be a champion over a thousand days, and he's going to unify both world titles. I don't even think that was in the works. No way. No way. They don't think long-term like that. (laughs) (laughs) They they just landed on this. And I do want to go back to the Roman thing because I I have an interesting take about Roman's title reign and where it could go. But when it comes to just his story, I think they literally caught lightning in a bottle with this bloodline story as the years passed by. And now it's going to a point where it's like, how do we continue topping ourselves with this storytelling? I mean, they're doing it. I don't know how, but they're doing it. Each and every week, they're doing it. And I still think they could continue doing it because, like, listen, I don't think it's out of the question where maybe we get more Bloodline members because there are other fucking wrestlers that are in this family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything's out of the question, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, listen, we didn't see, and again, maybe some people did, but you know, eventually, but not as soon as they did it. Like nobody saw Solo Sokoa being a part of this right. in a, such a big way that he is, you know, like freaking the main, the WrestleMania main event ended the way it did because of Solo Sokoa. Like this dude was like, not too long before that was in NXT just as an, another guy, you know, and like, with no acknowledgement that he was part of the bloodline, nothing. Right. Right. And he's made such a huge impact since coming up here. It's been unbelievable. He's been booked correctly and everything. He looks like a monster, Nobody saw this coming, is my point. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to just have some, you know, random Samoan dude debuting in NXT, you know, I don't know, just a couple months from now, and then, boom, he's he's in the bloodline. Like, I, you know, who knows? It's funny that you mentioned, like, Sol Sokoa. So, in the in the beginning of SmackDown, the promo where Paul Heyman's talking to Jay, telling him, like, you know, Roman's 
grooming you to be the next tribal chief. If you look closely at that, Solo Sokol was looking at Paul Heyman like, like just straight through him when he was saying those words. So like just little things like that also of like Solo Sokol, like the way he reacts and his eye movement, depending on what's happening or what's being said in the ring, that's very telling too. Yeah, yeah, it is. He, he's he's really good at just, uh, you know, playing to his character. Um, he just, like I said, he stands there with a, a straight face all the time. Like, you very rarely ever see him crack, right? You know, mm-hmm. even when Sammy was up there and, and doing I think Sammy did it like one time he made him crack. I think Sammy made Maybe him crack once, one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but other than that, I mean, he keeps a straight face and his facials. And, yeah, I mean, even the segment where, you know, last week when he, like, he turns on Roman right and then it was a swerve or whatever, like, he was brilliant in that segment, so... Yeah, I mean his facials is everything. He's uh, he's tremendous, man. I I again didn't expect that out of him when he when I first saw him in NXT. Uh, did not expect him to be as such an integral part of the storyline as he has been. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let, I'm gonna just mention Roman Reigns real quick. So next week we're gonna get this um, this segment where Roman Reigns is gonna I don't know. There's gonna be some type of situation during segment with Jey Uso maybe. Jay Uso is going to make his ultimatum there. Not really sure, right? But something's going to happen next week. But I want to just talk about briefly about Roman Reigns' title reign that he's on right now. So he's over a thousand days right now. Mm-hmm. So I know we have a long way to get to WrestleMania 40, but what do you think here? It's got to be Cody and Roman too, right? At WrestleMania 40? Yeah. I, I, w- I would assume so. Yeah. If you were yeah, a betting man, that's where you put all your chips, right? Right now, yes. Oh. Right now, if I'm a betting man, that's what I would say. Okay. Here's my thing. That I, I also do feel like that's going to be the match we're going to get, and Cody's going to dethrone Roman at WrestleMania 40, if that's indeed the plan. But with WWE, nothing's ever so sure, right? Nothing's ever a sure thing, right? So who's to say that we don't, like, curve, right? We go on a little detour, and we don't get that match. Who's to say? It could happen. I don't see that happening, but I'm not saying that it can't happen. Here's my take. If anybody else faces Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40, Roman should retain. I don't think Roman should drop the title unless it's Cody. If it's Cody, pull the trigger, all right? If it's Cody and Roman 2 at WrestleMania 40, you pull the trigger. Cody dethrones Roman Reigns. But if it's anyone else, I don't care if it's Seth Rollins. I don't care if Kenny Omega makes the jump to AEW to WWE. If it's anybody else... Roman should retain a WrestleMania 40 and hold the title going into September of 2024 where he'll beat Hulk Hogan's record. That's my take. That'd be unbelievable. And listen, at this point, (laughs) they dropped the ball on Cody the first time. I wouldn't even be shocked if they do it a second time. And who knows it? You know, I'm I'm thinking they're going to have to do the match again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's going to have to be a rematch, right? I mean, whether it's at WrestleMania or wherever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been saying Cody's the guy, he has to be the guy, oh, 1, be the guy. Yep. but also too, like, if you think about it, like, and again, it's a fair argument. If people are going to be thinking this way too, it's like the guy who beats Roman, it's almost like the guy who beat, well, it should have been the guy who beat undertaker streak. Like it just like makes his career, right? Like it just like, it's a young guy and he, he all just becomes so over and it, it just skyrockets into the top. I mean, I know it's Brock Lesnar, but it should have been a, a somebody else. Probably should have been Roman, if we're being honest. Um, or, or Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have yeah, that would have done wonders for him, man. Mm-hmm. He, sad story there, but um, it should have been it should have been CM Punk. Let's be honest, it should have been CM <laughs> or, or Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> listen, you could, you, you, the list can go on and on. But uh, listen, if it's not Cody Rhodes, the only other guy that I could see doing it would be somebody like Gunther. Okay, just really establish his dominance. Just, it's I mean, he, even though he's it's not a bad it, take, and it would just automatically make him just instantly like the guy, right? But other than that, yeah, I mean, Roman should just keep winning. Then I mean, like you no. know, listen. He's at SummerSlam. He's probably going to defend against one of the Usos, if not both. Should retain, and anybody else he, he goes up against after that, I can't really see why he should lose the belt again. I think he should carry it into next year's Mania, regardless. Uh, oh, well, at this no. point, well, that's a, I think that's a sure thing. I I'm, why the hell not? Uh, and listen, I'm I'm atheist, right? But I will say, God forbid, okay? There's an injury that happens, which I hope doesn't happen. Oh God, yeah. Listen, R- Roman. Should go into WrestleMania 40 as champion. And like I said, if the match isn't Cody Roman 2, if that's not the match, whoever Roman faces, Roman should walk out as champion. You imagine they do the same main event next year, <laughs> Cody versus Roman, and they have Roman retain again? Oh my God. Oh man. This time Roman does it clean without interference from Solo or anybody. And oh my God, can you imagine the reaction that get me getting in the in the stadium and on Twitter? Oh my God, that would just be yo low key, low key. And listen, I want I want Cody to be the guy to dethrone Roman, but there's like a little part of me that's like, throw that one up, baby. <laughs> Let, it would just be unbelievable. Oh man, no. But all jokes aside, Cody should be the guy. But listen, who's to say it's not a guarantee that we're gonna get that match? It seems that way. Like they they gotta be grooming Cody and Roman too, right? At WrestleMania 40. But if they detour and they're like, nah, you know what? Let's stretch it out. Who's to say? Maybe we get the Rock and Roman at WrestleMania 40, and then right. Roman goes through the Rock, and then he's the real Tribal Chief. Okay. It could happen. I, listen, I don't want that to happen. I, I, I think they need to... I, in all honesty, I think the right match at WrestleMania 40 is Cody Roman 2. Okay, that's what I want. And I want Cody to be the guy to dethrone him. And yeah, I mean, that's what I want. That's what I wanted this past year. Right. But, uh, but you know what? So. Okay, so let's... let's and we're, and we're, you know, we're actually talking more about this, which is a good thing, right? Because there's a couple other things I do want to talk about. But since we're on this, let's fast forward... Three months after Mania, where we are right now, do you still feel like WWE made a mistake, or you're like, you know what, I'm actually now good. I'm I'm still good. I'm still I'm actually now I'm good with Roman actually retaining it and uh, and making us wait a little bit longer. No, I can't say I am feeling that way. To be honest with you, no, I so still. You think still so do you probably- still feel the passionate at the same way you did fresh out of there, or just based on what we got, you're like, okay, you know what, I could wait a little bit. Yeah, I guess I, I'm not like I'm not still as passionate as I was. I'm kind of over it at this point, um, but I still do think they should have pulled the trigger then because mm-hmm. if you just look at what both guys are doing right now, yeah, okay, the Bloodline storyline is great, right? But he, if Roman lost the title, you could still tell the story. You could still tell the story, right? What the fuck is Cody doing right now, bro? I don't even know what he's going to be doing at Money in the Bank. This Brock Lesnar thing has just been, I mean, let's be honest, it's been a freaking disaster, right? Like, I mean, it's the same story we've seen with guys going up against Brock, where it's just the same song and dance. They're tied 1-1. Rumors are they're going to have another match at SummerSlam. Great. I mean, I think everybody's tired of seeing them wrestle at this point. Um, But then what do you do from now until SummerSlam with Cody? What's he doing? And on Raw this past week, we get a stupid, pointless, out-of-the-blue segment with him on Miz TV, and you have Dominic Mysterio coming out, 
and slapping him in the face. I mean, are we getting a Cody versus Dom feud? Like, this is what we're doing with Cody Rhodes. Like, so yeah, I do feel like they should have still pulled the trigger because at least, you know, you could have still told the story of what we're telling with Roman Reigns. He's not on TV as it is. Yeah, okay, the thousand days, whatever. It's good for the history books. I don't give a shit about the history books. And Cody's doing nothing. And again, even if you do do that match again next year at WrestleMania 40, again, even after the Brock feud, what do you do with Cody? Right? Like, like realistically, he's here to finish the story and go for Roman. How do you keep him occupied from now until then? That is interesting. That's an interesting take. I I don't know how they're going to do it. (laughs) I I do agree with you that the Roman bloodline story does not need the title, right? But I'm also not against, like, hey, listen, this is going back even prior to WrestleMania. I was telling you. I was telling everybody. I'm like, listen, I don't think the – as much as I would like to see Cody be the guy to to throw Roman this year – I don't. It, who's to say that it is? It's a definite. And my vibe going into it was like, part of me feels like it's not. It's not gonna happen. And I wasn't shocked when it it didn't happen. I was just like, I fucking knew it. Now I hated the way it ended. That match was near perfect. That match was so perfect. It's like fuck. This could be match of the year. And then the way it ended, it just went. Everything I watched just went to the garbage. I'm like, come on, yeah. man, really? I can't even list that match. As good as that match was, I can't even list it. You know why? Because the ending was terrible. Yeah, yeah, one of the best Bane main events I think we've seen of all time, and it was ruined by the Fugazi finish. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I still think it's a terrible decision. I will always stand by that's a terrible decision, even more so now, because, again, what they're doing has not proved me wrong in any way. Like, listen, if Cody comes out, came out of this and he was, like, still red hot and he was doing something else, whatever the hell, I don't know, something other well, than he's still Lander. Well, he still is hot. He's just he's just not getting used to his full potential. Like, you, now you have him in a, like... I'm assuming, right, in a placeholder feud against Dominic, right? Which, listen, Dominic, if you want to talk about a heel in wrestling, he's the actual heel in wrestling. He's the number one heel in all of wrestling. It's not MJF because MJF gets mixed Oof. reactions with cheers. Dominic is the biggest heel in wrestling. You can't even hear the man talk, all right? With MJF, yes, he gets heel reaction, but guess what? There's also people cheering for him too. Dominic gets no cheers. He's the number one heel in wrestling. And it's real heat. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hey, listen, I ain't going to argue that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he can't even talk. Like you said, all of his segments are, I mean, they're, they're hilarious to watch. They're, because they're, you they're, know, they're, just trying to see him battle the crowd. And he does a good job for somebody who's pretty new into this business right. still. He's really adapted um, to that. You know, obviously it's to be expected now. So he has, he's really learned how to, you know, um, maneuver and kind of just work work around the crowd booing like that so good on him um and i'm sure like cody probably like requested to work with dom you mm-hmm. know cody and ray you know yep. really good friends probably over the years and stuff like that but i don't know i mean to me i mean yeah i guess he's still hot but you know he comes out cody right and like you know he, his entrance is always electric right but i don't know week after week after week it's the same thing now it's like oh we'll hear from cody we'll hear from cody there's another cody promo cody promo he hasn't really wrestled on raw is the equivalent of tony khan making an announcement on AEW? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of just like, I don't know, like, is he still as hot as he once was? Because, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of getting not tired of Cody because I love Cody and he's one of my favorites. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really feel that, that excitement when he comes out, you know, lately. Because it's, you know? like, it's what he's doing right now. It's like, man, it's Cody Rose. He could be doing so much better. And that I agree with. Like, I feel like he could be doing a lot more. But at the same time, that dude, yo, the people still love him. Yo, out here in Connecticut this past week, man, yo. 
that crowd, apparently that crowd was fantastic. And it translated well on TV, too. We were talking about, like, how things translate from a live show to TV. We were talking about that last week. You know what translated this week? And that was Monday Night Raw, bro. Yo, that crowd was electric throughout the whole night. And for Cody Rhodes, yo, they didn't just do the whoa. They were fucking singing the whole song. The whole fucking song. He's still yeah, well. Yeah. He, even though he's in a... I won't even call it complacent. He's just like... And he's... Right now, he's kind of like wandering in just random shit, right? That's pretty much like what he's doing. in no man's land right now. Right. Yeah. But the man... Yo, people still love him. The man is still fucking well, hot. it's good to see. I hope people still love him all the way up until WrestleMania 40, man. Because mm-hmm. if they want this shit to work again, Roman and Cody, he needs to be red hot like he was going into WrestleMania 39. I mean, that's the only way it's really gonna come off as a big moment i agree i agree 1000 percent. all right dude let's talk about you mentioned big moments so let me talk about this and i know i know you ha ha he he impact wrestling i get it but something did happen (laughs) the past 48 hours that i think is really really cool and that's alex shelley alex shelley was in the main event against steve macklin for the impact world championship alex shelley to me and i said it in my post He's probably one of the most influential but most underrated wrestlers in the last 20 years, okay? You talk you talk to, like, the Young Bucks. You talk to, like, people that were wrestling in his era coming up, like the AJ Styles of the world, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarians. They talk about how influential Alex Shelley was to his generation and his new generation. The man never holds a, a world championship, right? He finally defeated Steve Macklin this past week to capture the Impact World title, and congrats to him, man. I know some people are like a little bit like, oh, Steve Macklin, he was, he's a, you know, he's a hot heel right now. But I don't think this is the end of the road for him. I think when it comes to the Impact brand, I think sooner or maybe later on this year, he'll probably get that title back. I think he'll be fine because he did prove that he's not just a forgotten son and he could be a key player in a wrestling company. But congrats to Alex Shelley. Well-deserved and long overdue. And the match was great, too. Yeah, no, I no denying that. I mean, that's one thing Impact does is they give uh, they give these cool moments to to guys like this. Um, they've done it for years now, and it's really cool to see, especially because Chris Sabin was world champion like going years oh, back. Yeah, that's finally cool to see Alex Shelley become world champion. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think this is probably. I mean, listen, as a as a guy who really doesn't watch Impact, I would think this is probably just. Um, a couple of months mm-hmm. thing, you know, right for him, like maybe a one month reign just to say he was world champion yep. and to give him that due for all the blood, sweat and tears that he's put into impact for the past, what, 20 plus years. Um, and then ultimately, you know, maybe whether the title goes back to Steve Macklin or whoever else he got over there um, that remains to be seen. But yeah, I think uh, it was a really cool moment and it looks like it meant a lot to him. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the motorcycle machine guns, they're freaking iconic, really especially are. in impact wrestling. Um, and not just as a tag team, but as singles guys too. They've both had pretty good singles careers. Because I know Chris Sabin is uh, is now uh, the X Division yep. champ again too. So I mean, he's been he's held that belt like seven times, eight times. It's whatever a record of uh, this past week is a record of nine ti- times in total. Nine times, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that's crazy. So they've both had pretty good singles careers, and I think this just uh, really solidifies it, uh, especially for both of those mm-hmm. those guys. So pretty cool that they both became world champions in their careers, and. Uh, yeah, very, very cool moment, uh, you know, for sure. I definitely liked um, how the show ended, too, because Chris Saban came out, so you kind of get that that for full circle moment. Al Shelley finally becomes world champion. Now Chris Saban is also holding another single title, and that's kind of how, like, the show ended. I thought that was really, really cool. Afterwards, Let me ask you something about this, though, too, because, uh, you know, I used to be an avid Impact watcher, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm not even just going back, like, you know, 20, you know, 2008, 2009. Like, I'm talking about, like, 
20, like 12, 2013, 2014. Oh, yeah, dude, we, we like, had a whole conversation yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they did uh, that thing where it's like if you are option the C. champion, option, option C. C, yeah, you could cash in at, uh, at Destination X. I don't know if they have that pay-per-view anymore. No, 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 but that, that doesn't exist anymore. But option C still does exist. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought that was, that was like, one of the things I thought of, too. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. like, are they going to do, like, a – a heel turn, right, where Chris Saban can cash in on Alex Shelley's title and, and, and maybe they do a Motor City Machine Guns feud. Uh, I don't know, so, but, I mean, that that's that's some interesting dynamic there. So I actually did that. And I So, okay, so Slammiversary is their next big show. Uh, Nick Aldis is actually going to face Alex Shelley in the main event, so I think that match is going to be dope. But okay. depending on what happens after that, I do think Alex Shelley is going to retain. Depending on what they do after there, it's kind of going back to an original point that, we, that you start off the show with. Not everything has to be a heel turn or like yeah. us turning on something. I think when it comes to this iconic tag team, Chris Saban can just be like, listen, you're my brother. I'm happy you're world champion, but let's see who's the better machine gun. I'm yeah. cashing in option C, and I want a world title shot. I think that would be dope, and we get like a Motor City clash, you know? And who know, who's to say? Like, I don't know what the impact schedule is, but like imagine like they have like – one of these like um, Impact Plus like shows like in Detroit or something like what better yeah. way to have that main event there you know yeah yeah no that's that's true yeah no I, I agree hundred percent I mean I don't really think like I said everything has to be a hill turn so I think that'd be a cool moment uh, in its own right too because then again you have the guy you have one guy turn on the other it's just like then you got to make this a story right, right. it can't be a one off and then like when do they reunite right like you gotta you gotta draw drag this out it just doesn't seem like it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean that's definitely cool. It definitely seems like Impact has something uh, interesting going on there. And yeah, I mean as far as Steve Macklin goes, it seems like from what I've seen on Twitter, you know, because I, I follow you know what goes on through like social media, it seems like he was doing some really good stuff. And um, man, every I mean after every match, I, he's like a freaking the new John Moxley. It seems like he's he's always bleeding, uh, his face is always bloody and stuff, and he's always holding up the the world title. I think that that dude he's badass. And he really uh, is, man. And I'm just happy and, for yeah, him I too. Hope it's not the end of the road, right. For him. Like, listen, he was misused in WWE. He never really even got a fair shot. And this dude betted on himself, not expecting much. He was just he just wanted an opportunity. He got that opportunity to impact wrestling. And he's become a key player for that promotion. So listen, man, sometimes we look at these some of these wrestlers in WWE and that and or anywhere else, right? And I don't want to necessarily say just WWE, but I'm just using that as an example because sometimes we see talent there. They're like Hey, he might have potential. Or we see someone, they're like, man, who cares about this guy or this or this woman, right? They go somewhere else, and you're like, holy fuck. WWE was sitting on this, and they didn't do anything with this person? Yeah. And, you know, again, to, like, WWE's defense, and, you know, you could even call out AEW for this, the mm-hmm. same thing, too. It's like, you know, I mean, how are you ever going to know? Right. Again, they have so many guys on their roster. I mean, this guy, you know, again, I don't fault WWE for not pushing this guy, Steve Macklin. Listen, right. he was in the Forgotten Sons. I mean, nobody give a shit about this no, guy, right? They, 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 were, did start pushing they, him, they were truly forgotten. <laughs> right, right. If they did start pushing a guy like this, people would be looking at it like, what the hell? What the hell is this guy, and why are they pushing him? But, again, that's you hit it right on the head. It's like, that's, that's why it's good to have companies like this, like an Impact Wrestling, to kind of show other companies that like look these guys and girls are talented and uh you know again these are the type of guys that will be on top of impact right i mean listen you're gonna you know in AEW and wwe you have like you know seth rollins roman reigns you have john moxley kenny omega impact doesn't really have that top guy right like that they're gonna put on the top of their company it's gonna be guys like steve macklin it's gonna be a guy like alex shelley you know uh nick aldis or whoever 
Um, and that's why it's it's nice to have these companies still around. Uh, you know, not even just Impact. I'd like to see the same thing with Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. even though it's kind of, you know, it's attached to AEW. But that's why these companies are beneficial is because you get these guys and girls going there and proving themselves, betting on themselves. And ultimately, you could see what you got. And then again, it catches WWE's eyes. It catches AEW's eyes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly cool to see. All right, let's talk about AEW. We finally got this segment out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting this, at least not yet. And that's MJF and Adam Cole. Listen, I love this segment. The segment was fantastic. I love how MJF went at Adam Cole with a lot of the criticism Adam Cole has gotten since he made his AEW debut, all right? I also love what Adam Cole said back to MJF. You know, he blended reality and and fiction, right? Or assumption, if you will, right? Um, and listen, even with this segment, even though they both fired back at each other, they still both held back. That wasn't like them at like 100. There was no way. They both held back. But I really enjoyed the segment, and now we got an Eliminator match next week. This is where I have mixed feelings about it, okay? First of all, the next pay-per-view is Forbidden Door. So whether this is just setting the foundation for this feud or this is the beginning of this feud, right? This this is not going to, like, end anytime soon, all right? But I also feel like this is a feud I don't think Adam Cole should lose. And whether we get the end result at all in or at all out, Adam Cole has to be the guy to dethrone MJF. That's why I was kind of, like, indifferent. Like, wow, we're doing this now? Like, if we're playing into, like, the whole MJF, like, you know, the bidding war of 2024, if you will, right? You would think that MJF is going to go into the new year as champion. And who's to say, right? Because this is not like a Roman Reigns reign, right? Like, who's to say MJF doesn't get dethroned for the title and then he gets it back? I think it could still work the same way, too, to be quite honest with you. MJF's a heel. Like, he's like a, a legit heel, not like a cool heel. So, like, it's like it would work for him to, like, Hey, him getting the throne for the title and then he get it back and be like, "Listen, that didn't count. I'm still I've always been the champion, all right? I just had a misstep." Like he could he could play into that. But in my opinion, Adam Cole should not lose this feud whenever the end result happens. I agree. I agree 100%. I I didn't think Adam Cole should have been challenging for the title unless he's going to be winning it. And uh yeah, I mean if they pulled the belt off of MJF at all in or all out, I think it's a big mistake. I like you said. I mean, how many times has he been talking about the bidding war of 2024 and all this stuff? I mean, I don't think it's been done accidentally, right? I think it's being done by design, and I think it'd just be foolish to pull the belt off of him before that. And I even think, you know, pulling the belt off of him and then him recapturing it before the year's end doesn't really make much sense to begin with either. I mean, you're not going to put it on Adam Cole to pull it off of him right away. I mean, what's the point of that? Um, yeah, man, I don't know where they're going with this. I think. Uh, I think maybe they're just planting the seeds here. You mm-hmm. know, they're having the Eliminator match next week. And, and let me just – I hate the Eliminator match. <laughs> I absolutely hate that. Uh, I, I just think it's the it's the most, <clears throat> most ridiculous thing, okay? I mean, you're going to have these guys face off not for the title, right? And then if Adam Cole beats him, then he gets a title match. And then they face off with each other again. Like, I want the first time these two face off against each other 
in a title match. Like, I want the title to be on the line. I want it to be on pay-per-view. Like, I don't want you just give this match away on free TV, and then, oh, the next time we have it again, you have to pay for it. Like, I don't like that. I agree. Um, so I'm thinking there's going to be some shenanigans here. I think Chris Jericho and Adam Cole is not done, okay? As much as people don't want to hear that, I don't really see how it is done, okay? With the way the match ended at, at uh, Double or Nothing, I don't see how it's done. I think Jericho gets in the way of this, and it causes, uh, you know, a disqualification of some sorts, and then Adam Cole and Chris Jericho continue to feud throughout the summer, and then I don't know what MJF does, uh, but he does something else, but, and then maybe we revisit this at All Out, I don't know, or maybe at Full Gear, whatever, but I just don't understand why you're doing this now either, if Adam Cole is not going to win the belt, and who knows, maybe he is, maybe he is, but like I just said, Big mistake, in my opinion, if that's the route they're going. And I love Adam Cole. He's in my top three favorite wrestlers right now, okay? Me I love too. him. Me too. I love Adam Cole, too. He's, that's why I'm so passionate about, like, listen, we're going to do this feud. He can't lose this. He needs to right, win it. Right. It's Yeah, it's not the right time for listen, him. Listen, man, so, Adam he Cole. He just came back. Adam Cole is such, like, a, a powerful figure, right, that when he challenged Hangman at AEW Revolution last year, people wanted Cole to defeat Hangman. Right. Yeah, I even thought at that point, too, it was like, oh, like, I want Hangman to win because I want Hangman's feud to continue. But, man, I really want Adam Cole to win, too, and I think he should win. Uh, those losses didn't end up hurting him, but I think he loses another world title feud. I think that will hurt him because, again, a guy like him coming over from NXT where he was just the, the most dominant NXT champ. Right. He's been a dominant champion his whole career. Now he comes to AEW and he loses two straight world title feuds, I just don't think that benefits the guy in any way. So, listen, the, the roster's so bloated. Why can't MJL face anybody else in this time right now? Why does it have to be Adam Cole? You know, it's just my opinion. Right, speaking of opinions, I definitely want to get your insight on this one. All right. Main event, okay? My guy, King Switch, the Switchblade, the catalyst of all pro wrestling, Jay White. Bullet Club goal, baby. <laughs> all right. Him against Ricky Starks main event. All right. The match was fine. The match was cool. But we got some shenanigans, okay? We got the guns. The gun club showed up and interfered in this match and kind of gave the, you know, pretty much an alley-oop, the win, the dub for Jay White. Juice Robinson comes out, and he's celebrating with Jay White. The show ends, okay? I put out the question out there. Do you guys want to see the guns? Join the BCG. Ryan, what's your thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Listen, they fit. They're cocky. They're arrogant. They are <laughs> unlikable. Um, you name them. Uh, the guns fit the fit that bill. Uh, I guess it works. I don't really see anybody else, you know, especially a tag team on the roster right now that would fit in the group. Um, but I mean, I don't know. What are we doing here? Right? Like, why are we creating another bullet club, man? Like, you're like, I don't know. I just, you know, my feelings and opinions of the bullet club, it should be dead. It should be buried. You should be retiring the name. Uh, it's becoming a joke at this point. I really, I just really feel that way. Like, it's just, it's tarnishing the bullet club name. You know, I mean, at the, at the end of it, when it's all said and done and they finally do re retire the name bullet club and, and the stable as a, as a whole, Half of professional wrestling is going to say they were attached to it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, not everybody can say they were a part of Los Ingobernables de Apan, for example, yeah. or, or Chaos, or any of these other stables, The not Shield, or no. any of these other stables. 
everybody could say they were once in the Bullet Club. I mean, fuck God's sake, Jeff Jarrett was in the Bullet Club at one point, okay? Like, listen, like, you, who isn't? Listen, you can't sh shoot a bullet without a gun, <gasps> all right? Yeah, I, that, that's another thing, too. I can't wait for all the uh, references of, uh, oh, we're the guns, so, you know, we, we deserve to be in Bullet Club, you know? Like, I <laughs> I don't know. Man. Okay. I don't know. Right. I guess I need to see more, but you know, my initial thoughts are I don't even know how to feel. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me try to let me try to throw a little bit of positivity into this. And listen, you're not wrong. That's the thing. While I am laughing at this, you're not wrong with how you feel about it. Cause I get it. You're not wrong. This is, listen, the Bullet Club Gold, whatever you want to call it, it's become NWO Wolfpack. That's pretty yeah. much what it is, right? It's NWO Wolfpack. Now I'm not necessarily gonna say I hate it, but it is it is NW Wolfpack. It's like it's a watered down version because there's only two guys right now. But with the Gun Club, the guns, I think I think it could make sense, man. And listen, I I don't I don't necessarily hate the idea of them being part of BCG, okay? And listen, they're obnoxious. The whole the whole group would be obnoxious as fuck, cocky motherfuckers, all right? Jay White being the leader, Juice Robinson being somewhat of a enforcer role whatever you got the gun so it's like it kind of does make sense like I, I don't mind the pairing i think it would be beneficial for the guns to be attached to a guy like a jay white and a juice robinson i don't necessarily hate it now is it gonna happen i'm not sure but what i know is gonna happen is tony khan made another fucking announcement this past week all right i think that at this point it's got to be a rib i think this is a troll I, yeah listen because yeah. it's like the same presentation every single week Hi, AEW fans. Yep. I'm the president of AEW, Tony Khan. <laughs> I'm here to make announcements live on Dynamite. At AEW Collision, we're going to have a historical show, and we're going to have a great main event for all you wrestling fans. CM Punk is going to tag with FTR to challenge the team of Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Ring of Honor television champion Samoa Joe. That was very good. That was very good. That was very good. You deserve it. <laughs> that was spot on. <laughs> Your eyes, your eyes need to be a little bit more dilated and you know, like bugging out a little bit. But besides that, you you, you hit the hit it right on the head. Listen, do you think this is a rip? This has got to be a troll, right? Yeah, most likely. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure you know Tony Khan's on Twitter. He sees all this, all this stuff. Uh, you know that probably that people say about him all the time. So I'm sure he's just doing it, you know, uh, just as a rip at this point. And honestly, it's becoming comedy i mean while you know these past few like announcements like the cm punk one the main event you know the all-in one like i mean they have been worthy of hyping up an announcement you know because they've delivered um but yeah i mean i, I think at this point it probably is just a you know just a joke on the fans and again everybody gets so mad about it you know because everybody like you know feels how they feel about tony connell and stuff so i guess you know he's doing what he wants so so well, I, it is comical, right? I, I don't necessarily hate it. It's just funny to me, right? I don't really yeah. have like a feeling about it, like yeah. But I think I it would be ben I think it would be more beneficial, right? When you do these like announcements, right? Just throw a fucking video package out there with like some dude doing like a voiceover, like at AEW Collision, you're gonna have CM Punk, like throw like a little video package there, things and gimmicks and this and that and. You have the announcement. Do it that way. I think it will be more beneficial than Tony Khan looking straight at the camera going like, hello, AEW fans. My name is Tony Khan. Like, you know, like it just looks it's awkward. And then how many times he always just goes, on June 17th at <laughs> AEW's collision, we will have a great main event 
on store for AEW Collision. And it, at the first show at AEW Collision, like, it just reiterates the same thing over and over and over and oh, over. Oh, man. And I like Tony. I like. I know. You got to love the guy. I'm one really of the guys. Listen, I'm one of because I feel like a lot of the wrestling audience have turned on Tony. I'm not one of those guys. I don't think Tony Khan's a terrible guy. I, I like Tony Khan. Does he do some questionable things at times? Yes. But I do not think he's a terrible guy. And listen, you could crap all over me if you want. I don't care. I don't think Tony Khan. I like Tony. But these course, these yeah. segments are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it really is. It's just comical. And this is the way Tony is. And whether it's a rib or not, you know, he's just he's the owner of the company. He could do whatever he wants, and he's going to keep doing what he wants. So I guess until people stop shitting all over him and, and you know, um, downplaying these announcements he's just gonna keep doing them so hey whatever it is what it is like i said the past few have delivered so it's whatever how do you feel about people to tune into how are you feeling about this uh uh first collision uh main event with cm cm ftr versus the bcg and samoa joe i think it's awesome i think it's a great main event right good match yeah i think it's it's really cool it's a fresh matchup um yeah i mean Good for Jay White, you know, because for the longest time since coming to AEW, I, yes. I've said it, you've said it, yes. that he's just become another guy mm-hmm. on the roster, right? And now he's main eventing AEW Dynamite, and he's in a big-time main event that involves CM Punk upon his return at the first-ever AEW Collision. So people will always remember that being the first main event of the show, and it includes Jay White. And good for Juice Robinson, too, because, um, you know, I've oh, always liked the I guy, love it. too. I Listen, like my guilty... My guilty ple- pleasure is Juice Robinson, bro. I fucking love that guy. I love his yeah. ridiculous promos. Ricky! I love all yeah. that. I love it. I love it. But um, what I also noticed about this announcement and this main event that we're going to get, it's really giving me like flashback to the first AEW Dynamite. Because if you remember, that main event was the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Bucks, versus what ended up becoming the Inner Circle with LAS and Chris Jericho. So it wouldn't shock me if some big angle happens to close the the first AEW collision. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. I mean, listen, I don't even know what to expect. Uh, it's next week, and uh, you know, I'm, I'll be sure to be tuning in, whether it's you know live or not. Um, that's to be determined. I don't know mm-hmm. really what's going on next mm-hmm. week, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 here for it. I'm excited. I'm gonna be you know intrigued to see how this goes. And now, I'm sure, the first episode will be great. I'm yep. you know I'm sure the first few episodes are really gonna be great. It's just gonna be like what rampage was when it debuted it was great yeah and then you know it slowly declines but um you know listen this has got to be another dynamite right i mean it you really got two does. hours of television you have cm punk being the main star you have you know samoa joe you got andrade coming back you have miro coming back you got house of black on the show like this has got to be another dynamite this they're not phoning this in like a rampage you know right. like warner bros Discovery's paying a lot of money for this so yeah, I mean, you're going to have to watch it or at least follow it, you know, what goes on, you know, in order, if you're going to be watching AEW television, I feel like you this is a show you need to be in tuned with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Rampage is skippable. You don't need to know what goes on on Rampage to follow AEW storylines, but I feel like this is going to be a show where you have to do that with. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how it's booked, and uh, yeah, man, I really, I think this is a really solid main event for, for the first show. All right, one last thing, and we'll wrap up. So, CM Punk, obviously, he's gonna be part of this main event, right? But you would think he would have to have like an in-ring segment, right? It can't just be the main event and CM Punk appears. I feel like he's got to address the audience somehow. Whether whether he wants to talk about maybe not in theory or into detail, like why he's been gone and like what happened. But I think 
he, he you I think it's a failure if he does not address the audience. He's got to address yeah. the audience. Yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. I could agree, I could agree with that. I think I think he would probably open up the show, right? You I would mean, think, what else right? you open up the show with? Start and, the show fucking know, hot. Right. I don't think you could start off the the first ever episode of 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 the the show's history with a match, you know? Like people aren't going to want to see that, right? They're going to want some sort of opening, welcoming, you know, to this new era of AEW television. And I think, obviously, the crowd's going to be waiting for CM Punk, right? So, like, you're not going to... I don't think they're going to make the crowd wait two hours, you know, until the hour and a half mark to see CM Punk for the first time, you know? Um, so, yeah, I would think he opens up the show with FTR. And, um, yeah, they do, like, a WWE-esque open where it's, like, he comes out, FTR comes out, and maybe even Bullet Club Gold comes out and Samoa Joe comes out, and then, you know, they just talk about the main event and see you guys tonight or whatever. And boom, there you go. That's the opening segment. So yeah, I, I think he opens up the show. I don't really see anybody else worthy of it. In my opinion, especially it being in Chicago, you know, I'm really interested in what he says. Like, cause listen, yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, like, and we talked about that, uh, this last week, how it's safe to say he's going to get a mixed reaction. Like if it's not a Chicago for the yeah. most part, he's going to get a mixed reaction. He's going to be like very Cena S like, you know, CM Punk, CM Punk sucks. Like that, I'm assuming that, right? And I, who, who's to say? I could be wrong here, but if I was a betting man, I think going forward, that's the vibe we're gonna get with him. Now, what do you do with that, right? Because in CM Punk, you're gonna it's with CM Punk in Chicago, you're gonna be treated like a hero, right? But like, depending on like what city they're in and what area they're in, depending on the reaction he gets, does he go like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play a heel for this city, or if he's getting a crowd. That is mostly cheering for him, right? Am I gonna play more into like the baby side of things? Like, I feel like it's gonna be very uh, this run of CM Punk, whether he wrestles often or not, which I don't see him wrestling often, right? I think he's gonna it's gonna be like a gray area of CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, one would think that this is probably his final run, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. I hope it goes well. You know, I'm not rooting against the guy. No, me uh, either. I just, I, but, what I really want is just, I said this last week too. I'm not rooting against CM Punk. Do I have my feelings about how everything went down? Yes. Do I feel like he rubs people the wrong way? Yes. But I also feel like, I think there's a way where we could sit everyone in a room and just have a conversation like adults. Listen, we don't got to be best friends here, but to not see that there there's money and there is an attraction there an attraction for a the elite punk feud to say yeah. that there isn't an attraction and there isn't money in that you're just a blind individual yeah i mean listen uh, it, it needs to happen asap and it needs to happen for wembley i don't think you could wait on this i don't think you could sit on this right for another year right before we see these two sides i guess interacting with each other i think right off the bat you you got to get this cm punk elite thing figured out right like just figure it out work together for that show have it be a one-off for all i care it's just gonna satisfy everybody and put this thing to bed once and for all and then we could finally move forward but i don't think we can move forward unless we see those two sides interacting with each other on screen and again they don't need to be best friends but work it out make that money give us fans 
a memorable, historic match, feud, whatever, however they do it. And then move on. All parties move on. They never have to work with each other ever again. But yeah, you're going to have to visit that at some point. And that's going to be what people want to see. I mean, yeah, sure. Punk versus Samoa Joe, cool. Punk versus JY, cool. I mean, yeah, those are matches that I'm going to want to see, you're going to want to see, people are going to want to see. But ultimately, it's people are going to want to see CM Punk and FTR, for that matter, against the Elite, the Bucks and Kenny. They, they're just going to want to see that. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they book CM Punk. I'm really, really intrigued to see how it goes, how long before CM Punk gets himself in trouble again. Um, and, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I don't know. I don't really know what to think. I don't know how to feel about CM Punk coming back. I guess time will tell. How do you feel, and this will be the last thing I ask you, because, you know, we mentioned the elite and stuff. So the rumor is, unless something got signed that we don't know about, the rumor is that the Bucks and Kenny Omega's deals are up at the end of this year. Mm. I don't know if they signed a new deal. It hasn't been reported yet. That doesn't mean that it hasn't been signed. Maybe there's already new deals there and they signed already. We don't know, right? <clears throat> How do you feel about their AEW future? You think that it's a sure thing they're here to stay? Well, how do you feel about it, and what would you like to see? I think it's, I think it's fair to say the Young Bucks probably stick around. Um, you know, tag team wrestling hasn't changed in WWE, right? So, like, I would understand if they say to themselves, like, oh, I want to just get this WWE thing out of the way so that we can solidify our career to say we did truly everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't, I can't see it. Kenny Omega is interesting to me because um, I can see that, you know, Um and at this point, I think we mentioned it, you know, a couple of episodes back. There was one point where I was, like, totally against Kenny Omega ever stepping foot in WWE, right? Like, I never wanted it to happen. Now I'm cool with it, man. If he wants to go there, I am absolutely 100% supportive of that. And um, I would like to see it at this point because I think he deserves it. I think, yeah, I mean, to put his career, to close the, the, the book on his career. And I'm not saying it's coming to an end, you know, anytime in the next few years, I think mean, he's still got a, a little ways to go. But if he goes to the, it's, if he goes to the WWE, it'll, it'll like it, it kind of gives him a little bit more time because that style is so right. different. And not saying that Kenny, I feel like Kenny Omega will find a, a hybrid style for himself where he still wrestles similar to what he's wrestling now, but he tones it down just enough where it'll benefit the WWE work style. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like yeah. AJ Styles, if you will. Yeah, and, and Seth Rollins. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look at the matches you can get with Kenny Omega in WWE, right? I mean, he'll finally w- take that walk at WrestleMania. And, of course, that's not everything, right? Like, you could still have a successful pro wrestling career and never take that walk at Mania or never wrestle for the WWE. But a guy like Kenny Omega, man, I feel like, and again, people are going to critique him and judge him on that. Oh, this guy never went to WWE. I think he should. And if he has the opportunity, um, you know, I feel like at this point he's done pretty much everything he could do in AEW, you know, for the time being. Um, you go to WWE, and again, I think it's like Cody Rhodes, where it's like, you always come back, right, to AEW, whether you're wrestling or not. Like, he could always work behind the scenes in AEW and when his career is over and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, he's more interesting to me than the Young Bucks. I just feel like the Young Bucks are probably going to end up resigning. Um, and I could see Kenny Omega doing the same thing, but... And I'm sure Kenny's feeling this way, too, because it's like, it's a tough decision, because I really do feel like it's now or never, you know, so... It's yeah. up to him, ultimately, whatever he wants to do. But, uh, man, I'm not opposed to him going to WWE at this point. Kenny Omega watch for Royal Rumble 2024 watch has begun. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 
I, I, dude, I think that's it, bro. I think we covered everything. It was a slow week, but um, there, I think we did touch on a couple of interesting things, and I think most of it's been positive. Yeah, yeah, that's it's great to see, and you know, we could always end up having conversations about whatever, you know, even if it's a slow week and nothing's going on, we could always push through two hours easily by mm-hmm. talking pro wrestling. Um, it's never difficult to do. So yeah, I mean, I think we hit everything that's going on currently right now for sure. All right, so yeah, next week we got the debut of AEW Collision, and then I think the following week, I don't know what the hell's going on. I think the following week is Forbidden Door, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yeah, we got a pretty busy next couple of weeks of wrestling, yeah, with uh, those two things, and then the following weekend, I believe, is uh, Money in the Bank, and then, um, yeah, man, full speed ahead. Wow, look at that, look at that. The world of professional wrestling always continues. There's always something going on. There's always something. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. That's where you can find us. And, uh, yeah, again, I'll mention it every week. I've been a little slow on there, but just give it a follow if you haven't already. All right. You can follow me at RatedArsons87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, La Mess Lab, LosaRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I think this episode might be on the YouTube channel also. So if you didn't watch us on Facebook Live, give us a subscribe at the YouTube channel. You know, there's still rebuilding stages, but I guess we're going to push that, right? But if not, listen, when Leo's not around and we don't do a live show, guess what? You're still going to get a podcast version, audio version of the show, because me and Ryan, quality sounds great. Oh, man, it's awesome. (laughs) What a turn of events. All right, for the old man Leo that... Might be somewhere in this house. I don't know where he's at. For our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Rated R and stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.